everyone. Welcome to The Agenda, the gen-based podcast. I'm Jen Goldbeck. And I'm Jen Coleslaw. We haven't seen each other in so long. I'm so excited we're recording again. Me too. So uh, we have so many new episodes that we've plotted over text, <laughs> like in the time since our last episode. And we also have like half an episode kind of recorded somewhere. But uh, today we like went the consumable motivated route and we're doing stunt candy. Right. And uh, all of our feelings about stunt candy. Yep. And we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, so we have a variety of both stunt candy and like general candy topics and stories to talk about. So maybe um, I'll start with the first one, which is environmental. And so it appeals to your profession and interests as well as taste buds. It does. But I just want to say that uh, that as usual, I don't click through the news links so that I can be surprised by the things that you're going to tell me. But just by looking at the headline, I am not 100% comfortable with this. Is it because giant wind turbines freak you out? Or No, I love giant wind turbines. It's the other half of it. Okay. I got to say, I mean, I think giant wind turbines are a great thing, but they kind of freak me out because they're so big. They are big, but I, so I like I, I like them big. Yeah, I've got a like a weird, I don't know that it's a phobia, but I get like very uncomfortable feelings deep in my being with stuff that's like way out of scale. Like it just seems like way too big. Uh, I was I tweeted about this once many, many years ago that I that I have this discomfort with things that are like way too big. And someone else was like, I thought I was the only one who was like this. And the thing that really bothered them is that uh, they're British. And so their normal Tylenol is like a little tablet that's red on the bottom and white on the top, mm -hmm. like tablet shaped. And they're like, there's some kind of like washing machine detergent that's exactly the same, except it's like the size of a hockey puck, but it's the same shape and color. And they're like, it freaks me out every time because it's so big, even though it's a little thing. So I've got, I don't know what that is, but it's a weird feeling I get with wind turbines because they're giant. Interesting. I sort of have the opposite with wind turbines. I find them so calming. <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. I mean, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, this is, I don't know where this quirk came from, but anyway, this is not the point of the story. Okay. The headline from Ars Technica is, someday we'll be, cycling, we'll be recycling wind turbine blades into yummy gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, that was the part I wasn't comfortable with. Yeah. Recyclable polymer resin could also be used for car taillights, diapers, and kitchen sinks. So, wind power... A great thing. I actually pay in Maryland. You can like pay to have just wind power support your whole house. And so I do that, which just makes me feel nice. Um, but they have like the big blades, obviously, and you want them bigger because the bigger they are, the more power they produce. But they are they have a way shorter lifespan than like the rest of the turbine. And so you've got to replace them a bunch. And what they do is just throw them away in the trash and then they go to the landfill. And so that's not great if you're trying to be all environmental. So this guy, John Dorgan, who's a chemical engineer at Michigan State, uh, has invented a polymer resin that can be recycled. 
So you can make these blades out of it, you can recycle it, and you can either turn it into new blades, but you can also turn it into all kinds of things like taillights, diaper bears, gummy bears. <laughs> Did I say diaper bears? Am I going to have to edit this? <laughs> Is my brain not working? Taillights, diapers, kitchen sinks, and gummy bears. Um, One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. And it's the gummy bears. <laughs> just just in case people didn't get it. Like, uh, you don't eat any of those other things. He said, it's almost like the replicator from Star Trek, where they can just sort of make atoms into anything they want. Ice cream floats or new clothing or what have you, he says. Uh, so he was apparently inspired by that. And, yeah, he made this resin. I don't know. I mean... It's, it's a little chemically, there's like very complicated chemical drawings, but in the middle, there's like, you know, a graph, there's like a picture of a wind turbine, and then around it, there's like, you know, little like segments of a pie chart with like dynamic arrows, and one points to like a baby with a diaper, and it says super absorbent, and one says gummy bear candy, and it's no, got... No, 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 <laughs> nothing that absorbs baby poop should then also be eaten. So I guess what it says is that you can upcycle it and then it says solvolysis. I don't know what that is, but apparently it's a process of breaking these things down and it breaks it down into polymethyl methacyrolate, which can go into something that they haven't labeled. Oh, that's a car taillight. So polymethyl methylcyrolate. I'm saying that wrong. Can be taillights. <laughs> Polymethylacric acid is super absorbent and gets turned into babies. And then potassium lactate can make gummy bear candy. So it's a, like, I guess you break these things down, break down the blades, and then you get uh, these different things, and one of them is edible, apparently. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just, I, you know, I am not a scientist. But I just am not comfortable with something that is a kitchen sink, a tail light, a baby diaper, <laughs> and a gummy bear. Like, it's like, not, no. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, kudos, though. You can make them into new blades, and that's great. Right. And you can yeah. make them into all kinds of other things, and that's great. But just yeah. not things I want to eat. Totally. Yeah. All right. So there you go. That's our, our weird science to start with. Okay. Um I, I don't think there's going to be any more science, and hopefully I'll be able to pronounce everything else in the rest of the episode. Uh, so we each have a couple candy stories to talk about, and mine is a sad one. If I told this on the Golden Ratio podcast, Inga would be sad, uh, which she always is when I tell these sad stories from my childhood, which is uh, we did not have candy in the house when I was a kid. Like, my mom was a dietitian, very health foodie, right? Everything was boring. <laughs> Everything we ate was super boring and there was no candy. So it was very rare, you know, like my grandma would get us, you know, Valentine's Day candy or chocolate or whatever. And that was sort of the only time. So I felt very dessert deprived, which is probably why I eat dessert so much now, like multiple times a day. And, uh, and so it was always a big deal when I got something sweet. So like twice a year, a little traveling carnival would come to the tiny town that I lived in. And the only thing I really looked forward to, I mean, I had a good time, but, but the only thing I really wanted was cotton candy, which we would get at the end, right? And they put it on the big cone and you get the little, like the big poof of it. And that was the last thing we got when we left. 
And this particular time, I was maybe in first or second grade, my dad was like, hey, if you save that, when we get home, I'll show you a magic trick with it. I know where you're going with this because I know your family too well. Yeah, I know. Anybody who's heard all my stories probably can guess. And I was like, okay, this is my like twice a year big thing I look forward to. But if dad is going to show me magic with it, I can wait and eat it till after the magic. And the magic was he put the hose on it and it disappeared. Just give me your dad's telephone number. <laughs> he, I'm sure he would still think this is funny. All these things, I'm like, that thing was really messed up that you guys did. They're like, that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, you and I have talked a lot about our childhoods. Yes. And we both agree that we had not great ones. Yeah. But no one ever did that to me. <laughs> that, I mean, that's the thing that I sort of struggle with. Like, that's the kind of thing that my family thinks is very funny like that sort of joke and and now I'm scarred all these years later like remembering this in you know first grade when second grade when my cotton candy went under the hose and I didn't get it like I remember feeling bad seeing like a TikTok of somebody giving a raccoon some cotton candy oh I get sad at that and too. he washed it and it disappeared and I was just like oh and he's all looking at his little paws like where and did it go oh, it's gone but that was me that was you, the yeah. little raccoon. Yeah. Well, that is just the cruelest thing ever. Like, there's some people who think that kind of cruelty is like a funny practical joke. And I grew up in a family of those people, but I am not one of them. So it was a, a hard thing to do. That's why we also in this house have forbidden like April Fool's Day. The April Fool's jokes in my household were brutal. And I was like, Ingo, you, you are not permitted. Like nothing. I can't deal with it. And he's very good about it. He doesn't. I, uh, we, I mean, Catherine and I have, we have pulled a couple pranks on Alex, but mostly it includes like, you know, giving her a pair of sneakers for uh, Christmas, but only having one sneaker in the box <laughs> and then blaming the other one for not checking to make sure there's both sneakers. And then haha, three minutes later, you pull this other sneaker out from another box. Like, yeah. like that's the worst we've ever done. I can't even imagine. I mean, it could have been a funny one if there was like a backup cotton candy. Exactly. But there was not. I did not get any cotton candy. not a backup cotton candy. No. Okay. Well. All right. Well, there you go. There's my sad story. Sorry, everybody. Um, Oh, I guess I'm also next on the list, which is um, maybe maybe it follows that... uh, I, I don't actually make candy very much. Like, I do know how to do it, but I find the whole process very frustrating because you have to be really precise with, like, a thermometer. Um, and I'm just, like, not that careful. I need more leeway in my kitchen time. Um, but I am super interested in learning to make chocolate from scratch. Like, we went to St. Lucia once, and they had, like, a cocoa farm, and they're like, here's, like, the cocoa pods on the trees, and... Here's like the ni- the little beans inside and the nibs and they're just like out drying on a thing. And I was like, the whole thing was fascinating. We saw it all the way from like the farm to like the delicious bars that we got to eat. And I would love to do that. And like you can buy cocoa nibs online. I don't need to. I mean, I can't grow cocoa pods here. You have to be, I think you have to be within like 14 degrees of the equator to grow cocoa pods. So I can't grow them here, but I can buy the nibs and I could grind them up. And I could, like, make some chocolate. And you seem to, like, know how to do this. Well, I'll tell you. Um, 
I have a couple stories about candy. Um, the first one is that when I was going through a really hard time, and I don't even remember when it was because time has no meaning anymore. <laughs> and I've been through a couple of hard times. But I have a friend of a friend, shout out to Esther, who's a chocolatier in Connecticut. Ooh. And she makes the most beautiful chocolates. And she mostly doesn't work at a store. She mostly makes them in her very pristine kitchen. And then she sells them to nonprofits or donates them to uh, events and they get raffled off and they're beautiful. I mean, wow. they look like planets. Wow. Um, and she had an extra chocolate temperer that she wasn't using because she had upgraded. And so, and she's this friend of a friend and she had heard my plight and she sent it to me. So wow. I have a chocolate temperer and I can temper a pound of chocolate at a time. Wow. So we could make, you know, bark and we could make chocolate bars and we could make truffles and oh, we could yeah. make chocolate bombs and we could make all kinds of things because I have the exact thing that you need to keep chocolate from seizing. Yeah. Which it gets is all the powdery. every good time. For sure. Chocolate seizes. Yeah. And so it's just a little, it's not much bigger than, you know, like our laptops. It's just a little bit taller and it just warms it slowly and it keeps it moving. And then you can either dip right into the, the mechanism or you can pour it out and put more chocolate in. You just keep adding chocolate to it. Um, but it's, it is the greatest thing. That's awesome. We're going to have a good time when we do this. Yes. Maybe and we can do all kinds. We can do a couple different chocolates, have a couple different bowls so we can do a Ooh. white chocolate. And white chocolate, actually, you don't have to worry about it seizing because it doesn't have the right and same ingredients. But milk chocolate, I mean, if you buy really good milk chocolate, you don't want to ruin it. Yeah. By putting it in the microwave, which people do. Maybe so. we can get like Agenda branded chocolate bar molds. Yes. And like make our own branded well, chocolates. Well, on my wish list, I have an airbrush set. Oh. So we could actually airbrush, like I get a stencil and we could actually stencil like some yeah. design onto truffles or a candy bar or, you know, a giant ball of chocolate. <laughs> hey, um, did you uh, watch the Netflix show School of Chocolate with the Instagram chocolate guy with the no, name that I don't remember? No. So it's great. I'm going to try to find the guy while okay. we're podcasting. Okay. All right, um, you, you look and I'll continue with my other story. Yes. Oh, yes, do it. When I was in college the first time, um, I worked, uh, I always had side hustles in college. Um, and so I worked at a candy store, like a real candy store. Cool. Um, and it, I got to be so good, even though I'm really bad at math and terrible with numbers, I got to be so good at eyeballing an amount and telling you what it weighs. Yeah. And so now I can like look at a piece of fudge and tell you exactly how much fudge that is. <laughs> uh, I can scoop some jelly beans and tell you how much they weigh. I can look at something in a pot, like a pot of chili and know exactly what size container it needs to go in as leftovers in the fridge. Like it is a superpower that I learned <laughs> By having to weigh, weigh out, you know, jelly beans and chocolate covered coffee beans and, you know, like all of the little treats. 
And this was such a nice uh, little chocolate shop, little candy store. Almost everything was kosher in it. It was owned by a Jewish family. And um, we did a lot of business at Christmas, but mostly we did a lot of business at Hanukkah. And, and we had kosher for Passover, chocolates that would come in that were special, were in a special place. And I learned so much about chocolate um, that now when I'm looking for chocolate, I know what to look for. Um, when I'm looking for really good chocolates to send to people or truffles, and uh, it was a great job. I really loved it. And um, and I've worked a lot of retail jobs, and that was definitely my favorite. That's awesome. Working at that little that little candy store, and and but really, I mean, I I can't tell you how big my room is. I can't tell you how many feet I am from where I'm sitting to the wall. But I could totally tell you, like, if I look at what our consumable is and I were to scoop them all up, like, how much that weighs. <laughs> it's it's funny that you talk about the containers because, like, Ingo and I have, like, a running joke at how bad he is at picking the size container necessary for the leftovers. Because I usually cook and then he cleans up. And, and I'll be like, you know, here's whatever, the leftover pasta in the pot. And he'll either get this giant container and I was like, that's not even going to cover the bottom. Or like this little one, I'm like, no, like I can pick the right size container. I mean, we have three sizes, right? But he, every time he does it, he's like, once again, I have proven I have no idea what size container is necessary for the leftovers. Well, I really do think that like, I, I never would have been able to do it if I hadn't had a job where I had to measure things. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm sure that if I had a, a, and actually I have had a job where I've had to measure length, you know, distance. When I worked in landscaping, I always had to measure, but I, those were always small measurements, yeah. right? Like, but I, but I'm just so good at figuring out and, it, and I can get something that fit in it so perfectly. <laughs> and, and Ben is always amazed because he knows how bad I'm so bad at math that he has to check my work math. Yeah. Like I'm balancing the, you know, the books for the end of the year to give to the accountant. And I'm like, can you check my math for me? Or like, this is how many cleanups we did. And this is how many bags. Of, and I have like a spreadsheet that he fixes up for me every year. Every year he has to do it because I'm so bad at numbers. But that is my weird savant superpower. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but I have an interesting candy fact. Oh, I love it. With Because I know you like facts. I love them. That um, you may or may not know. And that is that there have been some studies that suggest that sour candies can stave off panic and anxiety attacks. No way. Yes, because they very quickly redirect your focus from panic to like the sour part, which sort of hits you suddenly. And yeah. um, the the... The therapists have suggested that it helps people who don't find deep breathing and other coping mechanisms that work for them because they either take too long or they can't redirect their focus fast enough that if they can just pop a Sour Patch Kid into their face, um, it's enough of a shock. It's sort of like a little slap, right, wow. uh, in your mouth that it, it's enough of a redirect that it can stop a panic attack in its tracks. Once you're in a panic attack, it won't help. Mm -hmm. But if you can start to feel one coming, and if you're a panic attack person, you know exactly what that feels like, and you can 
keep sour candies, either sour balls or sour patch kids or whatever sour thing or sucking on a lemon or whatever it is, um, that that actually is something that will work for people. That is awesome. Yes. I was looking up candy recipes yesterday in preparation for this podcast, and there are a lot of Sour Patch Kid recipes like to make your own at home. And I always wondered like exactly what was in the coating, and it's just sugar and citric acid, which I have a bag of. Like you can just sprinkle that powder on there. That's right. You could just lick it. Stick my tongue right in that bag. That's right. Stop. You can just line your pockets with it. <laughs> like like my salivary glands hurt just thinking about sticking my tongue well, in Well, you know what's interesting is that, um, you know, since I don't have kids, I don't usually think about what kids like. And so we always get chocolate for Halloween. And then I always hear from my friends who have kids that kids love sour candy. And I can't help but wonder if kids love sour candy because it's so hard to be a kid these days in this world that the sour candies like help them cope. Interesting. I mean, that's probably a stretch, but it's not a huge stretch. It'd be a fun study to do. Like that'd be some cool science. That'd be some cool science. Yeah. Um, Because I mean, they really do. So now we've switched to like mostly sour candies and then a few little chocolate bars when we do Halloween. And do the kids, you let them pick which ones they want? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, usually we we get those little, we get little paper baggies. Do you remember those little paper? Those are my favorite. And then we do like 150 little paper baggies and I fill them all. And so every kid gets at least one bag full of candy. Oh, that's very cool. Because then that's like two presents. You get the bag and then you get to figure out what's in the bag. Yours is a good house. We are a very good house because we have the inflatables too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So people like coming to our house. Um, And we, if we hadn't been away this year, we were actually going to, we have one of those solo fire pit things. Yeah. We were going to set it up in the driveway and then just have beers for parents. Nice. Because everyone walks, no one drives here. So everyone just walks and we were going to have the candy and then if parents wanted a a beer, they could hang out with the the fire pit. I mean, yeah, would have been a superior choice this year. Yeah. Yeah. So. So shall we talk? Shall we talk about crazy candy now? Yes, yeah, stunt candy. Stunt candy. Uh, I mean, that's your term. Is I mean, is it a general term? I only know it from you. I call it. I call anything that I think is beyond the pale, and unnecessary stunt. Whatever <laughs> stunt donuts, stunt candy, stunt whatever. Um, and I think that candy that is made just for shock value is stunt candy well our consumable this week certainly is that it is stunt candy so we came across which which one of us found this like i know you i sent may you have found it at the same time because i i sent you a picture of it and you said i just bought it for us and <laughs> you two bags. so sometimes our our brains are on the same wavelength which is very scary, I think, to our husbands. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The men's of gins. <laughs> uh, so this is Brock's tailgate flavored candy corn. It's uh, So it's like a one pound bag and it has five flavors, fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, popcorn, all sounding okay so far. And then 
hot dog and hamburger flavored candy corn. And let me just say, it smells so awful. It smells so bad. And I love can and I am actually a person who loves candy corn. I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't seek it out, but I don't, I don't have the negative reaction a lot of people do. I I am a fan of candy corn, and um, and this just smells like. <laughs> I don't even, it, just, it smells like, like badness. So okay. uh, what order do you want to do them in? I have found it, like they don't tell you which color combo is which flavor on the bag, but I found a guide on the internet. Okay, good. So vanilla right, well, ice cream. Have, let's try vanilla ice cream first. Okay, that's the the palest one, like the, yellow like the and all clear. white one. It's sort yeah. of all white looking. Yep. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Tastes like coconut. It, yep. It, it tastes kind of like sunscreen coconut. I was like, just going to say that. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I just licked the cap of the sunscreen. Yep. I think part of the weird face I'm making is that, like, I expect this kind of stuff from, like, Jelly Belly jelly beans, and it's weird to have it in a slightly different texture of a candy corn. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not good, but it's not terrible. It doesn't taste anything really like vanilla ice cream. And how hard mm -mm. could it be to make candy corn that tastes like vanilla? There's maybe a hint of banana at the end. Maybe. I don't know. I think it tastes a little bit like shaving cream. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a ringing endorsement. What's um, okay, the next flavor? I mean... All right, I think we should save the fruit punch for last to wash out the other stuff that we've got to do. We really should have had a real palate cleanser, like a like a, a lemon martini. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's so do the hamburger. The, all right, it's which the, one is that? It's the red on the bottom and the yellow on the top. Okay. This one. Yep. All right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> oh, it's so. What did we do to deserve this? Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I don't even know if I can swallow it. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> it tastes like. I mean, there's like the wax. Oh, it's so bad. I've just stopped breathing, so I can't taste it. <laughs> It's like the waxy sweet candy corn base and then like the charred lines of a hamburger. It tastes like blood. It does. Oh, it's it does taste like that you said it it does taste like blood. It's so bad. Oh, I'm so upset. And the reason I know what blood tastes like is because I've had this run of bloody noses lately. Mm. Okay. Now let's oh. What, oh. are you drink, what, what are you drinking to rinse this down with? I made the mistake. I just have plain seltzer water here, and I need something more powerful. All right. Well, I have a mango uh, Pepsi. Yeah, that, that would have been a better choice. All right. Um, All right. Now, we have hot dog, popcorn, and fruit punch left, so I need popcorn now. because right. Is this one popcorn? Is that the orange with yeah. yellow? Orange with yellow, yeah. I hope okay. it doesn't taste like vomit. It's not too bad so far. Mm-hmm. Tastes like butterscotch. It's exactly like the little round butterscotch hard candies. Mm-hmm. 
That's exactly what it tastes like. This is easily the least offensive one. And it's better than it? the first. Because the popcorn jelly bellies are so foul. They really are gross, yeah. Really this doesn't like taste it. like popcorn at all. No, it, it tastes like butterscotch. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's it, right? That they have like a butter flavor in there, right? Because butterscotch, like you go like, it should have like some sense of butteriness to it. And maybe that's like the sweetness plus like butter that they would do for popcorn. Yeah, I mean, butter is really doing the heavy lifting here. For There's sure. There's no popcorn. No corn flavor at all. No. All right. The of hot dog. There's really no corn flavor in candy corn either, so... A, right. a fair point. All right. Hot dog is... Um, pink on top, pink yellow on the bottom. Oh, God. Now, you like hot dogs. I love hot dogs. I But I will, I will I ever eat hot dogs again after this is the okay. question. All right. Let's do it. Ready? All right. One, two, three. Okay. Well, it's not good. It's not as bad as the hamburger. The hamburger was bad. Mm. Oh. No, though. Big, big no. Oh. But not as bad as the hamburger. It does taste a little like a hot dog, though. It does taste kind of like a hot dog. I mean, like if you rubbed a hot dog on a candy corn. <laughs> as, as we're wont to do. <laughs> And then oh. picked it up off the ground yeah. after they've been in the neighbor's yard for two weeks. That, that is a, now we're getting closer to what it actually tastes like. Ah, yeah, it does Hamburger. kind of taste. Hamburger's oh. still worse. I mean, we can give those to our enemies. Put them in your little Halloween bag, just fill them up with the hamburger flavored ones and hand them out to people who are like, I love candy corn. You can be like, here's a little sack of candy corn for you. <laughs> just your enemies. <laughs> oh i can't right. believe we do this to ourselves well let's let's try the fruit punch i'm i am mm -hmm. optimistic about that that's the pink and red one pink and red okay yeah. Mhm. Mm oh you know what that tastes like a flintstones chewable vitamin <laughs> yeah it totally does yeah like a red one or That's like a bad. whole mouthful of them. <laughs> yeah. That's not terrible. Really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think my tongue might fall off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. All right, you guys. We have a whole pound of these and we have eaten five. And I am not going anywhere near the rest of them. So maybe, Jen Colsa, on the socials, you can put like a little form for people who want to try some. And I will bag up like groups of five and mail a few out. Like I okay. can't, I can't do a ton of them, okay. but I'll, I've got some padded envelopes and I'll give you like a little Ziploc with a like handful and send it out to some people and you can, you can pick. So like a form and we'll collect some addresses and then we'll randomly select some winners. Slash... <laughs> Winner. Winners? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Can we do the palate cleanser? <clears throat> Okay, so now we have an actual treat mm -hmm. from our friend Amy, who lives in Kentucky, and she sent us a whole box of these things called Blue Mondays. 
And the funny thing is that Jen and I didn't know anything about these, but as soon as Ingo saw it, he knew exactly what it was. Yeah, Ingo's first wife is from Kentucky, and so he spent a lot of time there, and he saw it, and he's like, oh, those things are so good. So we're going we're gonna to do a palate cleanser, and it's dark chocolate, and I have no idea what's inside it because I haven't eaten one because I was waiting for you. It could, looks kind of like a peppermint patty if it were, like, rectangular. Yeah, it does, and it's, right? got, it's dark chocolate on the outside, and I'm, like, looking at the other ingredients, but I can't really tell what's on the inside. No, just sugar. I love sugar. All right, let's do Oh, it has vinegar in it, though. That's weird. Okay. Oh, it's kind of a texture of a peppermint patty inside, but not peppermint. Hmm. Just like kind of a, like a nougat-y? Like that's a nice. Vanilla, like a vanilla cream? Mm-hmm. That's good. It sure beats hamburger oh candy cream. I mean, the bar was low. Oh, these are I need one of these. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's delish. Yeah, right, I'm going to have one more bite of that. I have earned it. Mm-hmm. That's very good. I think it's interesting that there's vinegar in it, though. It must get... be in the filling. Not even a hint the of the tang of vinegar, though. No, I know. I wonder what it does. Hmm. Maybe it puffs it up. Maybe there's, like, a chemical reaction with... Oh, science. Mm-hmm. Mmm, that's tasty. Highly recommend. Yes, thank you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Delish. That's a much better candy. I'm so glad you had the idea to add a second candy palate cleanser after that terrible, terrible candy corn. I know, because you know we wouldn't be able to... We'd have... This is what we'd talk about for the rest of the hour. <laughs> we'd have... I'd be like, listen, we have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get something to get that out of my mouth. All right. So. <laughs> well, that was, look, a win for science. We took one for the whole team of listeners. That's right. And if you want to be a friend of the gen and eat, <laughs> and eat up uh, one each of these foul little candy mm. corns, these foul little triangles, <laughs> and join the special, the special club. Yeah. I'll put up a, like a Google form. And uh, we'll make it happen for you. Yep, I'll I'll definitely put and some of those. A, on. I have a, a pound too because you sent two pounds. That, I mean, that was the option on Amazon was two pound bags, and I think you can buy the, these like one pound bags for like a dollar at the store, and I think it was like eighteen dollars on Amazon to ship. But I'm I was sure like, whatever. That if we were to go to the store, they would pay us to take them. Yeah, like get these off the shelf. <laughs> You're smelling the whole place up. <laughs> All right, well, she, we, like I gotta say though, mm. they make one in at Christmas time that's called reindeer corn, and it's mint. Oh, I mean that would be and none of those are really quite good. I mean you you can't eat a lot of them. Sure, but they're they're pretty good. So let's be on the lookout for rainbow rain reindeer corn. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. They'll have it like CVS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see them when you come up in December when we make chocolate. That sounds great. Okay. I love it. Okay. All right, I, I have other weird flavored news. Word flavored okay. candy news. Okay. Let's um, hear it. Candy corn bratwurst. 
So it's not actually candy. It's bratwurst with candy corn in it. Um, Millstadt, Illinois. And it's a, like, meat packing. Schubert's Smokehouse and Meat Packing Company. And they make candy corn bratwurst. They used to do gummy bear infused bratwurst. And then they added the candy corn and it sells out every year. Like, I know you're from the Midwest. Yeah. I don't want to talk smack too much about it. But what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, what, like, do you all not have enough to do? To, I mean, to that is for sure true. Things up? That is for sure true. Yes. <laughs> There's some perfectly good chocolate places in the Chicagoland area. Why you would stuff... A perfectly good bratwurst with candy corn is beyond me. And, like, there's a lot of good bratwurst to be found in the Midwest. Yeah. Like, you can have good candy and good bratwurst. Why do you need to put them together? Right. Why would you take, like, like mediocre bratwurst and stuff it with mediocre candy? Yep. It doesn't... That Two wrongs don't make a right, Jen. <laughs> that is science. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Science and ethics. Yes. All right. Our other one is chocolate-covered onions. So, it's a whole-ass onion covered in chocolate, and it's $5. But, now, like... Muller no. Chocolate Company in Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... The, the Weird Confections were created by Muller Chocolate Company in 1983. A show called Double Muppets Hold the Onions was filming across the street from the shop. The producers asked the shop to create the chocolate onion to use as a gag on the show, and they have sold the novelty in the shop ever since. So it seems like people buy it and then, like, dare their friends to eat it. Oh, Jen that's, Kosla. That's this one candy. This place also makes anatomically correct chocolate body parts, a thing you and I were just spending time looking at. We probably found their body parts. For the, one of our other podcasts. For Don't another give it episode. Away. Nope, nope. <clears throat> All right. So here's this is my editorial, my janitorial. Not to be. <laughs> no. Nope. This is janitorial. Um, stunt candy is wrong <laughs> um like chocolate covered proteins no we do not cover bugs or meat with chocolate nuts are okay yeah so when i was coming up with like a list of things that should not have exist in nature i came across um a line of candy canes from archie mcphee ah uh, yes Macaroni and cheese candy cane. Yep. No. Sour cream and onion candy cane. Ooh. No. Sardine candy cane. <laughs> that would be all the no's. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. Fish. Fish. Extra no. Cane. No. Like, I love candy that's shaped like things. Yeah. So, like, we used at this candy store that I worked at, we had a little box that looked just like sardines in a sardine box and they were wrapped in foil and they were so cute and the chocolate was high quality and it did not taste like salty little fishes. <laughs> so like yes to chocolate sardines, no to chocolate covered sardines. Like, totally. There you go. 
Yep. So also on my list of things that are a no are weird gummy meals, like a gummy sushi platter or a gummy charcuterie board mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and gummy cheeseburgers. Oh. Like, and they're, they're cheeseburger sized, but it's all gummy candy. Gross. Like, can you, like, like, I don't want to be like one of those people <laughs> that's like a freaking crank about everything, but can imagine the things we could solve in the world if we <laughs> harness that kind of creative energy to like, like solve, uh, you know, put that energy towards homelessness or clean water or you know climate change instead we get gummy cheeseburgers <laughs> that's capitalism right there oh man i'm just uh, <laughs> yeah it's just so yucky and and i and and as much as i love candy and i think everyone who listens to me on any of the platforms who lives with me on any of my podcasts and follows me anywhere knows that I am just a giant human ant and if there's <laughs> a trail of sugar you will see me following it but this is not even close to anything that I'm interested in yeah well I mean there's like a inherent goodness to most candy and that is missing from most stunt candy right and and also I think that um for me anyway like you we didn't have a lot of candy growing up in the house and um not because my mother was a dietitian but because we just didn't have money for that sort of thing and so candy was a special thing Mm -hmm. and so i have like a lot of fond memories around sort of old-fashioned candies and um and so some of these you know i'm like some of these new-fashioned candies i'm like get off my lawn (laughs) and because they're just they don't evoke any kind of anything yeah except that's just gross yeah like like 25 years from now you know my little niece and nephew aren't going to be going oh do you remember that time we had the hamburger candy corn no they are not not in that voice they're not they're gonna remember you know auntie jay's you know I don't know, what do I carry in my pocket? Well, my endless supply of single-wrapped peppermint lifesavers, probably. Yeah. Peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So next up on our list is our rousing discussion of the best and worst candy. Absolutely. Go. Halloween candy or just like all kinds? All kinds. Let's just I- mix it up generally chocolate based for me i will eat all kinds of candy but prefer chocolate based don't like love a filled chocolate um now chocolate covered candy good but like the cream filling i mean i'll eat it but there will be some left over uh things that will not be left over peanut butter cups reese peanut butter cups go on the halloween candy list and the regular candy list I have no willpower against them. So they're they're probably at my top. But I will say, when we went to St. Lucia, like I'm a milk chocolate person rather than a dark chocolate person if I get to pick. We went to St. Lucia when we saw them, you know, from the Cocoa Pod into making the chocolate. And they had these like 60% cocoa bars with like little crushed up nibs in them, mm-hmm. cocoa nibs. And so it kind of had like the texture of a Nestle Crunch bar, except it wasn't like rice. It was like more cocoa nibs in there. And I have been chasing those 
for like the seven years since we've been there. Like, because some places will make cocoa nibs in bars. It's not the same. But like, uh, like my pinnacle is like a Godiva milk chocolate bar is like the one of the best things I've ever eaten. I think it's beautiful, perfect, really high quality milk chocolate. Like that's the best for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I sort of put my my candy in categories like overall peanut butter cups. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups because not only is it just a great candy, but it's a protein as well. So you can have it like for breakfast, lunch or dinner. If you're hungry, you eat one of those things and like it takes the edge off for sure. It really does because of the protein. I also love Maltesers, which are uh, malted milk balls, but they're from the UK. Um, So the chocolate is a much higher quality. Mm. Um, Big fan. And I like the Cadbury Dairy uh, Fruit and Nut Bar because I'm an old. (laughs) Um, Cadbury chocolate's good. It is. And the, the fruit and nut bar, I just, I think I love it because my father loved the fruit and nut bars. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I love them too. And now I equate those with my dad. Uh, but for fancy, um, absolute favorite are the white chocolate raspberry filled stars from Godiva. Uh, see, I leave those in the Godiva box. So I'll collect it. Like I get a lot of Godiva at Christmas from people. So I'll collect the little stars for you and then send you a box with like, you know, weird shaped holes, but it'll just have all the stars. That I would love that. Okay. Because I like, <laughs> I really like filled chocolate, uh, but I don't like it filled with more chocolate. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So that's just too much. Cho- so I like, you know, buttercreams and I like, yeah. um, you know, well, mostly buttercreams. Yeah. I like buttercreams a lot. I used um, to be way into them. And, and I grew up in Chicago where Fannie Mae was like mm-hmm. the main chocolatier. I still love their stuff. And they've got a few. They have one called a Trinidad, which is a chocolate cream in the middle covered with like a white chocolate coconut outside, which is really good. That's sort of like they're famous for. And, they, and I mean, it's like I... I eat them and there's some that I really like, but generally like if I have like a solid milk chocolate next to it, that's the one I'll take. We do a good job sharing a box. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. what I usually do, I pick out all the ones that I like and then Ben eats all the ones I don't. <laughs> yes, same with me and Ingo. <laughs> if, if, as long as it's not full of coconut, and I actually love coconut, so it's not a problem, but he will eat anything as long as it's not full of coconut. So nice. that works out. And I tend to like things that other people don't like. And I think it is because I have so many um, fond memories of, can- of, of times when I got candy as a kid that I love things like fruit jellies. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Necco wafers. <laughs> like, who loves Necco wafers? I do. My first I, husband, chocolate Necco wafers, he was like obsessed with them. I used to like find places I could buy like a box, like they'd have in the checkout line, and I'd just buy them the whole box. I will never not buy a roll of Necco wafers when I see them. They're kind of like chalk. They are absolutely like chalk. They're like they're like a cross between chalk and a communion wafer. <laughs> yes. Um, black jelly beans. Like oh, I will no. all the black jelly beans. Um buttermints from Italian restaurants. Mm. No. Nobody eats those, but I love them because they remind <laughs> me of going out to dinner for pizza at Luigi's in Old Saybrook with my family on a Saturday night. And that was like our one thing we did. 
And so I love them. Um, but I, I do have a, a very short list of worst candy, but what's on your worst candy list? Um, Mike and Ike's. Oh, interesting. And there's, I don't know what they're called, but they're, they're in a similar category of Halloween candy and they're kind of hard and like one is shaped like a banana. Oh, uh, runts. Hate, hate them. Oh, I love the banana flavored ones. I, I mean, I hate all of them, and I also hate everything banana flavored. Oh, I love banana flavor. So if we ever share a thing, all the banana stuff, like I can't even handle a hint of banana. It's gross. Do you not like banana bananas? Nope. Do Why not. do I keep giving you banana bread then? Banana bread is like a weird exception because I think banana bread generally does not taste much like banana. Okay. It is the only thing with banana that I'll eat. I can't have smoothies because everybody puts bananas in smoothies yeah, to do. make them creamy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's, it tastes like a banana. No. But banana bread, okay. weird exception. I don't okay. know why. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I like those um, runts. In fact, at one of the malls uh, down in Potomac Mills in Woodbridge, there's a whole bank of little quarter vending things. Yeah. And you can get just banana runs. Oh. <laughs> and so when we go there, I'm like, do you have any quarters? And Ben will fish through his pocket and we'll get all the quarters. And I'll get like three handfuls <laughs> and just fill my pockets. And then just eat. Tiny little bananas. Eat those tiny little bananas. I totally love them. That's so um, funny. But on my worst candy is circus peanuts. Oh, God, yes. Oh, those are so bad. I didn't spend enough time preparing. Those would have made my list. Well, and the reason they make my list is because they were my one of my father's favorites. And no. none of us could ever figure out why. Because they're so disgusting. Dad Coleslaw, come on. Uh, he, he really liked them. And I also just really have no patience for shitty chocolate. Like, yeah. like chocolate, like when like at Easter. like I was just going to say like Easter. <laughs> yeah, like bad Easter candy where it's like chocolate flavored bunny. I'm like, mm, flavored? Mm -hmm. Or actual. No, we'll not no. eat cho anything chocolate flavored. Also, rainbow fentanyl is a bad candy. <laughs> I mean, have you tried it? Not yet, but <laughs> I was, I've been thinking about making hot chocolate bombs because I have all of the, the ingredients. I've talked about it on my pod yesterday. And I was thinking about, you know, filling one of the, the bombs with, because they're like two halves right right and yeah and then you fill the inside with uh, with hot cocoa mix and you pour hot milk over it but you can also put little marshmallows in well what i found on amazon was an entire pound of cereal marshmallows in different colors and it looks just like rainbow fentanyl <laughs> um so of course i ordered it of course oh that's hilarious <laughs> and, then, and then any candy that's made with xylitol because xylitol yeah. is a laxative, and that is no fun. Nope. Nobody needs that. Nobody eat, does need that. Eat like your candy and enjoy it. Like, either either eat candy with sugar, and if you can't eat candy with sugar, then, then find something else. But don't torture yourself by eating candy with xylitol and then making yourself sick, which yeah. is what happens to people all the time. Yeah. It doesn't even taste that good, you guys. There's no, better alternatives. There are much better alternatives. Yeah. So, I like your list. Thank you. It's sentimental for sure. Yeah. I mean, candy, I think, should be. Yeah. 
I, I just want to note that I'm still having aftertaste from that hamburger candy yeah, corn. It's in my nose. It's not going away. It's like I can <laughs> taste it in my nose because Ugh. I can because st- we can still smell it. Because yeah, we that's probably all it. of our little piles. You're going to have to post the picture of the little piles. I will. I color sort it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Though if not, not delicious. They're Actually, actually not that beautiful. It looks a little bit like flesh. <laughs> oh, no, it does. Like the pink, the pink and the yellow looks a little bit like flesh. I guess it's supposed to. Gross. No. Right. That is really gross. I can't believe we ate that, Jen. <laughs> science. We did it for science. We did it for science. Ugh. Which All is right. why I studied humanities. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some candy in the news. Okay. Hit me. All right. Man arrested for calling police about Sour Patch Kids. What state do you think this man lives in? Um, Florida? Yes, he lived in Florida. Uh, all right. A, quote, heavily intoxicated Florida man was arrested Saturday night for calling 911 to report that his girlfriend, quote, wished to eat Sour Patch Kids. An arrest affidavit does not reveal why Joshua Larson, 37, allegedly phoned police emergency number at 11.45 p.m. with the candy dispatch. When asked about the call by a sheriff deputy, Larson smiled and walked away from cops outside his residence. So, I mean, it's good that he was practicing Shut the Fuck Up Friday. <laughs> Seen above, and they, that, I just want to note, the picture above is like a generic stock photo of some dude with his hands behind his back. Um, Larson allegedly struggled with deputies as they sought to place him in handcuffs. An electronic control weapon was eventually used to take Larson into custody. Is that like a taser? They tased him. Oh, I tased him, bro. (laughs) Just because he called about Sour Patch Kids? He said his girlfriend wanted to There's some information missing in there. It's, you know, it's one of those bad situations where, like, the guy's drunk. Who knows why he was pissed off that his girlfriend (laughs) wanted to eat Sour Patch Kids? And so he calls 911. I mean, you shouldn't do that. But then, like, the cops show up, and then you fight with the cops, and you end up getting arrested. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you called 911 in the first oh, place. It was the fighting know? with the cops. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't do that. You, you really shouldn't. You're, it's not yeah. going to go well. It rarely goes well for the person. Yeah. Uh, our second story, which I was going to leave off because it's kind of dark. I think uh, it's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, it's from Connecticut. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the headline is, quote, just eat candy. Connecticut teacher left children home alone while she vacationed with boyfriend. So I won't read the whole article here, but the summary of the story is that there's this teacher. She is divorced. She and her ex-husband have joint custody of the kids. And so she's got the kids for the long weekend. And she decides she's going on vacation with her boyfriend. So the kids are in like sec- elementary school, right? They're like little kids. And she's like, uh, okay, like I'm going, uh, stay in the basement. Don't let anybody see you. And they're like, what are we supposed to eat while you're gone? And she says, just eat candy. And, uh, I guess is also occasionally sending Uber Eats deliveries to the house. And then they have to just leave it upstairs and the kids have to like run out and get it and then go back in the basement. So nobody sees them. Uh, but the dad is kind of, he has, the kids have cell phones And so he can see the text messages that his kids are sending because they're little. So he can see the text that the kids are sending to the mom where she's like, stay in the basement, don't come out, just eat candy. And they were alone from like 
Thursday until Sunday oh when the goodness. dad finally figured out what was going on and showed up and the cops had to come over and take the kids. So the, uh, the mom was taken to jail. I bet she's not a teacher now. No, she sure is not. She got fired from that job. Okay. That's a good story. So this kind of made me think like we need a, a recipe for this week. And I was like, is there survival candy that one could make if, if you're going to just eat candy? And like there was some and it's stupid because it's just <laughs> can't most of it's just candy. It's like melt some sugar. And then when it gets to 300 degrees, like pour it onto a greased cookie sheet and then crack it up into pieces. It was just sugar. But I did find this one recipe uh, which is not the recipe we're going to share. It's called Camping Survival Candy. So it's one cup of sugar, one cup of caro syrup, 12 ounces of peanut butter, and four cups of Special K. So can hard candy with peanut butter and cereal mixed in? I I mean, you can do better. Like, and that's... What makes that survival? I don't know. Oh, I guess because it doesn't, it'll never go bad. Because it's all sugar. I guess. Well, but peanut butter would still go rancid. I think something would happen to it, even with the sugar in there. Anyway, that's, I was like, one you, could do better. We need to ask preppers. Preppers yeah. know it lasts forever. Yeah, I'll have to see. There, I will say, I didn't write any of this down because I was looking for recipes, but when I searched for survival candy, there's a lot of it that you can buy that is for, like, preppers. Which I think is still just regular kind of hard candy. But. When I did my beekeeping class, there were a couple prepper couples that oh. wanted to keep bees so that they could have honey for their underground bunkers. Because well, honey will never spoil. Yeah, that's true. They could just buy a bunch of honey, though. Uh. <laughs> All right. So anyway, when I saw this recipe, I was like, peanut butter, special K, like... You're going in the right direction. And what it reminded me of is making puppy chow, which is a thing that we used to do all the time when I was in like middle school. We learned how to make it in cooking class. Um, some regions of the country call this muddy buddies, mm -hmm. but we call it puppy chow. It is a great recipe for kids to make um, because they don't have to mess anything up and it's fucking delicious. Um, and I got to say, Ingo had never had it. And so at some point in our relationship, I made him some. And I don't think he was impressed in the way that middle school me was. Wait, but we it didn't did it. seal the deal? Uh, that was not the thing, apparently. <laughs> uh, so if you guys haven't had it, uh, really easy to make. So one cup of chocolate chips, one cup of peanut butter. We actually learned to make it on a double boiler, but you can just microwave it until it's melted, right? Microwave it, stir it around until it's all smooth. And then you just start putting rice checks in there. I mean, you can use any cereal you want, but rice checks I think are the best. And mix it up until it like is nicely coated. You want it to be like thickly coated and then dump in some powdered sugar and mix it all around so it gets coating on the outside and that's it. It's a delicious snack. It is a delicious it's snack. So it is not something we ever grew up with. I had it only as an adult and I think it's delicious. Yep. And I will make a recipe for it. Yeah. And we will put it out in the world it's great for parties like everybody loves it it's so good i actually have a chex mix story oh so yeah this is uh sort of candy adjacent so i love chex mix well i used yeah. to love chex mix and um it, that was another thing we never had growing up 
<clears throat> oh, same. For whatever reason. I don't know why. It just was not in our, like, family food vernacular. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody made it at the office. I was working at Brown at the time. And somebody made it at the office and jarred it up. One of the faculty members and every every one of us got a jar and I and the recipe was attached. So I made this huge batch of it, except I didn't do something right. And I ended up with like way too much oil. Oh. Like on the bottom of the, like I, I, I either didn't keep it in the oven long enough or I didn't, I didn't rotated enough so that it was totally coated and then and so I ended up having a whole batch that was like really really oily and it was so delicious <laughs> so much of it and I had the worst heartburn for like two weeks oh no because I had eaten so much oil in the Chex Mix and I had and that was easily like that was that was pre-Ben by a long shot. So we're talking 25 years ago. I was still working at Brown. So more than 25 years ago. I have not touched Chex Mix since then <laughs> because I was so sick. I was, you know that feeling when you're just like burping up like greasy yeah. burps? I, I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is what a heart attack feels like. And Patrick was like, that's not a heart attack. You have heartburn. <laughs> you ate too yeah. much Chex Mix. <laughs> I ate too much oily. It was the oil in the Chex Mix. And I haven't been able to face Chex Mix since then. It's just like it, it tripped something in your system and it took a really long time to get back to equilibrium. Yeah, it was just all that oil. Like I just coated my entire like innards <laughs> with oil. Like it was just way, I'm a delicate creature. But it was just, and I love it, and I still love it, and I'm sure that if I if I encountered it at a party, I'd hoover it up. Yeah. But I'd sort of like dig around and make sure that it wasn't all sitting in a pile of grease at the bottom, <laughs> just to be on the safe side. But I never made it again. I have, I don't think I've ever had it made. I have only like bought it. It's a thing I occasionally buy like at the airport to have in my hotel room mm-hmm. when I'm traveling. It's a good snack for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I am a, I'm a huge fan. Maybe I'll, maybe that's one of the things I should try to overcome this winter is to make Chex Mix again. Yeah. But this time, less oil. I was going to say, well, find it and we'll share the recipe once you get it right. Okay. And be willing to throw out the bad batch. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just need to, I think I was just so eager to start eating it <laughs> <laughs> that I just pulled it out of the oven and it was still warm. Oh yeah. That is really good. Oh, it was so good. all right okay so um so we'll do that puppy chow oh guess what time it is it's listener mailbag it's time for listener mailbag i love it and it's my turn to ask you a question yeah i'm ready and um you know as you know uh i we don't share the questions beforehand Mm -hmm. and so this is a question from someone uh who follows us on twitter and it is why does Jen Goldbeck not ever wear pants? <laughs> I mean, it's true. I don't wear pants. Um, pants, I, I mean, I'll give you the super honest answer. There's a, It's two parts. One, pants are uncomfortable. I don't like stuff tight around my waist and stomach area. I find it incredibly unpleasant. Like I can get a pair of jeans that fit really good and then the way that I'm shaped, if I sit down, they're like cutting into my stomach. 
I can get them like three sizes too big where they're falling off my hips if I walk around. And if I sit down, they're like cutting into my stomach. I even stretchy pants. Like I wear sweatpants around the house, like Adidas stretchy track pants around the house in the winter, but I still am happy to get those things off. I don't like it. And I don't think I look good in pants. They make me feel fat, even if I'm not fat. I, I think the way my body is shaped and the way that they look in jeans, I don't like it. I feel insecure and uncomfortable anytime I have to wear pants. So why would I do it? So I don't. And you're a grown ass woman, so you get to wear whatever you want. I can wear whatever I want. Uh, I could live somewhere that I don't really need pants. And even like when I'm in Maryland, I just suck it up, man. It's fine. I wear a skirt and boots and then there's like three inches of my legs exposed and it's fine. Right. And you don't hang around outside. Yeah. I mean, like if I were going on a hike in the winter, I would put on, you know, probably I'd put on like some sort of like long legged running gear, but like I have a pair of jeans. When we went to Iceland, I wore jeans hiking around on glaciers, right? Like I'll do it if necessary, but I prefer not to. I don't think I have put on a pair of jeans in three years. I had to just recently do this. It turns out I didn't have to, but when Ingo and I went to Chicago for the marathon, we met my mom and my brother for dinner. And I was like, please, we will eat outside. I don't eat inside because of COVID. And it was going to be like 40 degrees. And I was like, I don't think... I will be able to sit outside in like a blustery Chicago 40 degree night without pants. And uh, it turns out they had closed the patio. So I ended up having to eat inside, which sucked. And I didn't need the pants, but I didn't know until we got there. And I was like, I don't have any jeans. And so I literally borrowed a pair of Ingos. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) my sister-in-law also came to the dinner and she's like, "Uh, that's a looser fit than you normally wear. I was like, yes, these are Ingos jeans. (laughs) A little big. It's fine. That's what I wore. Okay. All right. So the second question is one that we get asked a lot. And I figured it was about time to ask it. Um, because every time I put the question out on the socials that we're going to be talking today, and does anyone have a question for listener mailbag? We always get a lot of this, this question. And so the question is, what is your favorite dinosaur? I have an answer to this question. Um, so it's the Longisquama, which is a dinosaur most people don't know about. And it is, it is like the drama in the dinosaur world. So it looks like, like a gecko sort of, like a little lizard. It's about the size of a gecko, like five inches long. And it's got this line of spikes on its back, but that are like proto feathers. They're like hollow tubes on the, and then like little frills on the outside, but it's not like a wing. It just, they stick up and they're maybe like an inch apart and there's maybe, maybe half an inch apart. And there's like eight of them along the back and they stick up three or four inches. They're like as tall as the lizard is long. And um, there is one fossil, maybe now there's two, but that's it of, of this thing ever. And the first fossil was discovered in a mall, I think in St. Louis, 
because it was part of some like Russian traveling fossil exhibit that would like go to malls and people would be like, oh, that's interesting. And this like paleontologist was there and he's like, I have never seen this species before and like convinced the people to like let them scientifically examine it. And it was this whole missing chunk of like dinosaur, like maybe dinosaur. This lizard might be older than the dinosaurs, but it's got like, there's very obvious feathers looking things there are these big spikes off the back, but they're really spaced far apart. So it's not like a wing. So there's this whole debate, like, was it actually a row of spikes on the back that were decorative versus was it maybe two of those and they were kind of wings that it would use to glide, even though there's space in between them? And if so, like we think birds evolved from dinosaurs and like the main theory is that like terrestrial dinosaurs, like, had feathers to kind of keep them warm. And then they learned to run with their arms out. And then the, they eventually learned to flap them and some of them started like flying and that's how we got birds. But this thing is older than the dinosaurs. And so if this actually had a like proto wing on it, that this thing, and it wasn't just a spike, then that means that whole theory is either totally wrong and birds came from a completely different place or simultaneously like, two completely unrelated things developed into birds from dinosaurs. Like paleontologists fucking fight about this thing. And, uh, and it is the most dramatic, like the spikes, they look like hockey sticks, but like, so one feather shaped like a hockey stick, so you can straight up out of the back of this lizard as high as the lizard is long. That's what this thing looks like. It's from Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, Jen sent me a picture of the lizard just now. Yeah. Uh, because uh, she did not know the, the question in advance. Nope. Uh, but clearly she's been thinking about her favorite dinosaur. I, I got passion. Question. Passion um, about scientific debates. And it's a very beautiful creature. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very fabulous. It, that is exactly what it is. It's fabulous. Yeah. So we'll put a picture up. Okay. I think that's great. And of course, my favorite um, dinosaur is a Brachiosaurus because they're really, really big and they're pretty gentle. And that's about as far as I go with dinosaurs, unless you count inflatable. True. You've got a lot of those. Inflatable dinosaur <laughs> is, my, is my, my go-to dinosaur. And then after that is Brachiosaurus. And most of my inflatables are T-Rexes because that's usually what is available. That's, I mean, that's what the kids like. Yeah. So... Well, I think we covered a lot of ground today. As always, I think we did a great job. I think we did too. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Good job. No there more hamburger cranicorns. Oh, man. We, I'm going to go eat a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> and then and put, will... one, and put one up my nose too, I think. <laughs> and it'll stave off any oncoming panic attacks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, be gentle with one another. And hard on the systems of oppression. Okay. Bye. Bye.